Hello and welcome to the Sleep Like a Baby podcast. I'm your host Hannah and I'm an infant sleep consultant as well as a mum living and working in South East London. Now, uh, a quick intro to me if you're new here. This is a sleep podcast where we talk about nighttime and naps for uh, the ages of naught to three. And if you're wondering if there is a middle ground in between cry it out and wait it out, then yes, you found it. Welcome to the middle ground. Welcome to a space where we talk about everything to do with responsive and gentle parenting, how you can be a caring, soothing, nurturing, attuned caregiver, whilst also hopefully getting a little bit more rest at night. And uh, I'm really thrilled that this week we are talking about birth, birth trauma, birth preparation and hypnobirthing because something that a lot of my friends and I talk about with each other is a sense of failure that we've all felt in especially in early motherhood. And for quite a while I've been reflecting on this and you know for me I definitely think that sense of failure started with birth and my birth not going to the plan that I had and this is something that I'm talking a lot about uh, to um, my guest today it's something we both agree on and it's something I've been wanting to talk about more on the podcast about how our experiences of birth can impact the first few months of postpartum life so I'm thrilled that Sam from The Wonderhood agreed to sit down for a chat about this. We both had similar experiences as new parents, I think, in that we felt a total loss of control. And then we clung on to the idea that we should control sleep and other areas of parenting to, in a bid to regain a sense of ourselves and a sense of control again. So this is something that I hear a lot from clients of mine as well. So if this resonates with you, welcome to the club. You're not the only one. And Sam is an amazing birth coach and hypnobirthing teacher. And she runs a really brilliant online course, which she goes into more detail on um, on this week's episode. I'm also, um, I do feature on the course, so not to toot my own horn, but I'm really, really proud of the stuff that we've put together for this Um so without any further ado, here's my chat with Sam from The Wonderhood. The Sleep Like a Baby podcast is supported by The Octopus Club, the online marketplace where you can buy, sell and give away baby and kid stuff without any hassle. If your home is piling up with toys, clothes and bits of kit that your little one no longer uses... The Octopus Club offers an easy, environmentally friendly way of selling or donating things to other families. And if you're on the hunt for high quality secondhand goods, this is the place for you. Honestly, the stuff on there is gorgeous. Check them out on Instagram or go straight to their website, theoctopusclub.com to sign up today. Hi Sam, how are you? Hi Hannah, I'm really good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I'm very excited. No, thank you so much. I'm so excited um, to have you as well because I know we've been talking about this for a really, really long time. Um, maybe even a year, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah. obviously we um, sort of met over Instagram, didn't we? Um, gosh, yeah. like back, back, back in April, March last year. 
perhaps um yeah it's a long time and because you have um it's brilliant business the wonderhood and you've set up this amazing course um for new parents which we'll come on to and very I was very very flattered to be invited to participate in that um so I've recorded obviously the the kind of sleep content for your course um and it's a hypnobirthing course with lots of information about feeding as well um and so yeah and so ever since then I've been saying that we should we should chat um because I just love your approach to to birth and parenting and feeding and sleep and everything so how how did the wonderhood come to be well first thing (laughs) that was a really lovely introduction and I just want to say you got me through those first few months of um my new baby so thanks for that (laughs) (laughs) so with the wonderhood I basically I've had two babies now um with my first baby I didn't do any prep really I did one kind of antenatal course I missed a couple of sessions because I was working away and I was busy and I was into my career and I wasn't into being a parent and I didn't know what was about to come so yeah I wasn't prepared in the slightest um so having that experience of not having any information going into a birth pretty unprepared um and I came out the other side feeling actually like a huge failure and I was pretty traumatized by that whole experience um unfortunately but that led me then to research about birth I know that is completely the opposite way around to what most people would do that but um that led me down the whole path of like I learned about what hypnobirthing was and I learned about how my body works and what actually happened in my birth and what I could have done differently to help my body along with that process so I just found all this information I was like this is incredible information that everybody should have like why is this hidden away like why isn't this talked about more so I basically found all this knowledge and decided I had to tell people about this like I had to share it with everybody so I trained to be a hypnobirthing teacher with um Catherine Graves mm-hmm. and so I did my training back pre-pandemic so that was maybe two years ago now um and yeah and I just kind of grew from there really and I just wanted to I just want to bring all of this incredible birth knowledge to people pregnant people so that they don't have those same struggles that I had and they feel pretty empowered and informed ready to go into that that day because it's a really big important day in your life really yeah it's huge and had you heard of hypnobirthing when you like before when you were pregnant with your with your first baby like briefly like Mm. someone had said to me like a friend of a friend was like oh you you done hypnobirthing I was like oh no like I just didn't really know what it was and the name is a pretty big turn off for a lot of people and I totally get that and it's a bit of a bugbear of mine but yeah I I kind of read a bit of a book just because I was a bit curious but then I probably went on a work trip or went out with my friends and got just completely distracted and just didn't really learn about it in the way that I wish I had um yeah so now I know all about it and it's not (laughs) hippie or weird or scary or woo-woo like everybody probably thinks um is literally just about the information it's just finding out really good evidence-based information about birth yes really yeah information is power isn't it and then Mm -hmm. you can make the decisions for yourself I think that's that's just the most important thing isn't it that it's not telling people how to give birth or uh, or like what you have to do or you can't do so that it's not about failure it's just about here's the information here's how your body works and then you're empowered to to do with you know to, to have um 
yeah, to, I'm rambling here. You're empowered to, you know, with that information to make the right choices for you in your birth, essentially is what I'm saying. Yeah, 100%. And I think that is the key. That is literally all I want to do for people and like give them that information so that they can have this really well-informed birth and they know all of their options and their choices and how to make good decisions for themselves and literally that is it I'm not trying to make people have home births or yeah. telling people not to have drugs or pain relief because if you want to have drugs have drugs if you don't don't like I don't mind that's not for my my decision to make it's birth is so personal yeah there's so many different options and routes and you don't know what's going to happen so I feel like the best way to prepare for birth is to know all of your choices and all of these different options that can potentially arise. And then that way that you're prepared for whatever comes your way and you've got the tools to kind of make good decisions when things do change plan um, and you're feeling, yeah, just empowered. Yeah. I love that. You know, I have to confess, I think I spent more time thinking about the candles I would have than what would happen if I had a (laughs) C-section. as in like the candle I had like all these led little candles for birth and I was thinking more about the temperature of the water birth that I was so adamant that I was gonna have and I didn't really think well what if I (laughs) what if that doesn't happen because I'd prepped for this very specific kind of birth that was in my mind I think more like a spa day (laughs) absolutely lovely and you know what like you should definitely plan for like that ideal birth like yeah. if you can have that great but yeah. on the back foot you should also have like your plan b plan c plan d like all these different like options that you know hopefully that won't happen but if it does you know like okay this is what I want to happen in that situation and it's really like that's all it is like it's really really simple um, yeah were you scared of giving birth with your first like before when you were pregnant like do you think you didn't prepare for it on a subconscious level because you didn't want to go there or were you just really busy or just yeah do you what do you think was going on for you so this is like a crazy thing for me as like a birth coach hypnobirthing teacher to say I literally have been terrified of birth since I was born like since I was old enough to understand what birth was I was like absolutely petrified like to the point where I'd like someone would come in the room or mention that they were pregnant or talk about babies and I'd just be like literally like like yeah I have to leave the room don't talk to me like cover my ears like it was so looking back it was so silly but that's just kind of I don't know I just didn't understand it I was just scared um and then I got pregnant and I was like great I'm so happy to be pregnant but oh my Jesus I have to give birth to a baby like what the actual hell yeah Um, I do think yes you're right like I think that fear that I've had since I was like old enough to understand was so deep rooted that I was like oh my god I don't want to learn about it I don't need to know Mm. it'll just be fine on the day I'm just gonna wing it Um, yeah and people like to tell you horror stories as well don't they like I I never heard more like horror stories about birth than I did in the nine months that I was pregnant yeah and I think our brains are kind of programmed in a really annoying way to latch onto anything that's negative like that Mm. like we'll focus on that and we'll really take that in and dwell on it and like in the depths of the night if we wake up we'll just be sat there thinking oh god like that story that person told me like that imagine if that happened to me that's really awful so I think that's why I always tell people who are pregnant just if someone tries to tell you an awful story a negative story a scary story about birth just ignore them politely Mm. tell them to leave politely ask them to talk about it when your baby arrives like Mm. there's so many 
yeah, you just don't need that extra stress when you're pregnant. You don't need to be hearing about that. Like that's not your story. That probably won't be your story. So you don't need to know about that. No. Yeah. But, and, but this is why I, I love what you're doing so much because you are giving people the good information, the information that for, about what's going to happen to their body and what might happen in different scenarios. But ultimately, yeah, what we don't need is what happened to your like neighbor's cousin's daughter who had this horrific thing happen and is like one in a million, you know, exactly um and so can I can I ask you a bit about about your birth of your son and and how that how that looked like so you were kind of unprepared and understandably anxious about births had a fear of birth and then like yeah how did it all start so what happened let's think this was a few years ago now (laughs) basically I was having a really great pregnancy. Obviously, I had a lot of the standard pregnancy symptoms. I was having super healthy pregnancy. My midwife was really happy. She was not in a rush to get the baby out in any way. Like she was happy for me to wait until four to two weeks pregnant, which I was also happy with. Um, so she kind of suggested to book him for induction on 42 weeks. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's all fine by me. All good. Give my baby the best chance of being born. Lovely. Um so I waited and waited and waited. And that period of waiting is a whole nother story. Like that is a very specific time in someone's life, the waiting for a baby. But anyway, long story short, I went in for my induction at 42 weeks, but that morning I'd actually gone into labor, early labor. Um, so I kind of totted along to the hospital thinking like, this is brilliant. I'm already in labor. Woohoo! Um, got my bags I was like really I actually walked all the way there with my pregnancy pillow like wrapped around my neck and like dragging my suitcase because I was like (laughs) woohoo but yeah I got into the hospital and actually the like in the ward for the induction and if I'd have known what I was doing I would have been like oh I'm in labor I don't need to go for an induction but anyway I didn't know what I was doing so I went there and then I basically got stuck in the system but because I was already in labor and they didn't need to induce me I just I basically like checked into the hospital almost like it was a hotel room and like Mm -hmm. I just could sit there and be in labor whereas actually I could have just been at home so but nobody told me that I didn't know my choices I didn't know that I could do that so I just kind of sat in the hospital waiting for my labor to progress but now knowing what I know the environment of an antenatal ward where you have a whole array of different people so you've got people who are like maybe 20 weeks 24 weeks just coming in for some extra monitoring like people aren't you know being quiet in there like people just having chats being on the phone the lights are on watching tv like it was loud there was like a whole 20 people in the room maybe I don't know and that's not a great environment to be going into labor like everybody was watching me basically listening and like I'm the one in the corner that's kind of having about to have the baby and everyone's whispering and Mm. yeah so it was all a bit much really um and I just kind of fell through the cracks in that situation like nobody really told me what I should and shouldn't do and I didn't know personally so I ended up going and having a whole cascade of intervention I'm not going to go into it because like we say about the, the negative birth stories I don't yes. want to like yeah among the people because that that was my own like you know my own kind of misinformation I didn't know enough and I could have avoided a lot of the things if I hadn't known so basically I had one of everything in the hospital I went through this whole system and got passed around from place to place and room to room. And in the end, I basically had 
all of my choices kind of taken away from me because I didn't know when they'd ask me what is this okay I'd just say yes because I didn't know the other options so Mm. I just kind of had no autonomy in that situation I couldn't advocate for myself and my birth partner definitely couldn't advocate for me because neither of us knew what was going on Um, and I yeah I just kind of lost control of that whole situation and I basically became like a patient and I got put on a bed and wheeled through the hospital into different places had things done to me and then out popped the other side with a baby and yeah completely avoidable situation and yeah that's basically what happened but I ended up having um, an unplanned cesarean with my baby and he was healthy I was healthy the whole thing on paper probably was you know was quite normal and fine but for me that whole experience of losing control having things done to me and not having any autonomy in that situation just really really left me feeling like quite traumatized actually Um, Mm and it wasn't necessarily the actual things that happened it was more that the the lack of control um that really kind of spiraled me into a sense of failure I suppose yes I think so many um I think so many people have a sense of failure about their birth and and uh, I've heard that and I felt that myself so what you say really resonates um but I've heard people say it with such a broad range of experiences and as you say some of those experiences that are like feel like failures are kind of textbook or normal births but it doesn't really matter what happens in a way it's how you feel about it isn't it and and like you say you know about your sense of autonomy or your voice or you know how you feel you did and and I think a lot of women anyway have a sort of failure narrative in their heads that we can sometimes carry into birth and pregnancy motherhood but um where do you where do you think that this kind of comes from that sense of failure I don't know it's it's so like for me in my um in my birth particularly that sense of failure was literally just like I've heard the story from hundreds of women thousands of women seen it on tv everyone can give birth to a baby like everyone can do that Mm. like it seems like everyone can give birth vaginally and it all works out fine for them and then having heard that tale and seen those visuals having come out the other side and not given birth vaginally I was like oh god I've done something really wrong here like how can everyone else do this but I can't like what the hell has happened um yeah that's how I felt about my c-section and it took me a really long time to be able to say that I gave birth. Like when, you know, I used to kept, keep saying to people, like people would say like, oh, when did you give birth? And I used to be like, oh, I didn't. You know, I felt like, yeah. which is which is so awful. <laughs> I'm so cross at myself for being so mean to me um, <laughs> because I did give birth. Um, it just, it just wasn't vaginally. <laughs> exactly. And there's no, there's no right and wrong in birth. Like there's no mm. judgment, like vaginal birth cesarean birth like they're all birth like whatever happens to you you're you're giving birth like regardless of how your baby arrives into the world and sometimes there's things we just don't know about birth like maybe I don't know there's things that you can't see that's happening inside your body maybe your baby for whatever reason really wants to be born Mm. cesarean birth you know like due yeah. to medical complications or something that you just can't see inside maybe the physiology of your body I don't know mm. um but I think yeah it's it's not a failure by any stretch of the imagination but I think it's so common mm. that people have that sense and they're like oh I just couldn't do it and that it just leads to like 
I guess a sense of trauma and it can just mm. yeah you can be really really cruel to yourself actually I think um so yeah yeah and for me I feel like well I mean just turn this into my therapy session as I do in every podcast I think but um I'd uh yeah I think I'd I'd had quite a slightly difficult pregnancy in the sense that I was sort of high risk at the end and I had a condition and there was just stuff going on I was very heavily monitored and then I ended up having a planned c-section um and I felt like I'd failed at pregnancy weird I mean it's strange if someone else said this to me I'd be like what planet are you on how can you fail at pregnancy but I did um and then I had uh, and then I failed at birth because I didn't um I didn't go into labor you know I never felt a contraction so I felt really strange about that and then um and then I really struggled to breastfeed and I was like that was just like the final nail in the coffin you know I was just like well I mean I can't even do this um and then sleep was like the thing that you know you want the most of in a way um and you're sleep deprived and you're hormonal and you're just overwhelmed with love and panic and you know and all of these huge emotions um and I just became completely obsessed with the sleep thing is because I felt so out of control on so much and everything else had gone as I seemed as a failure that then if I could just control sleep, like if I could be the, the woman at the playgroup who says my baby sleeps through the night, <laughs> then that would maybe make me feel like I was actually a success at something. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that really, that really does resonate with me. And I think it's really hard when you've been through so many really real experiences to kind of acknowledge that and think, okay, that happened. Like I didn't fail. This is, this is the way that it had to be for me for whatever reason I made that choice. And yeah, to come out the other side and feel positive. It's really, really tricky when, like you say, throw on top of it that you sleep deprived, or maybe you had maybe slightly traumatic experience, or I don't know. And then to have that lack of control taken away from you at so many levels like the one things you want to kind of grasp onto is that anything that you can control and like you say sleep is like something that you know in theory we think we, is quite a tangible thing that we can meddle with and like keep yeah control of. it's an illusion of control isn't it yeah. because there's all these people out there saying you can control it but you can't <laughs> like not really <laughs> no if someone told you right like go to sleep go to sleep right yeah. now like well I can't I can't I just know. somewhere like that <laughs> I mean even when I've been at my most exhausted and I mean genuinely exhausted there have still been times when I've not been able to sleep you know so even yeah. then like you know that so sleep is very complex and also you know what I was trying to fix what I perceived as a failure around sleep was also normal you know just that was also part of the problem is that that so many people out there telling you to fix normal sleep so yes there are like babies with like sleep or feeding challenges or things going on and obviously I'm a sleep consultant so I'm here to help people I'm not saying that you know there's no such thing as help for sleep but for a lot of people actually what we're trying to fix is a sense of a loss of control and also a normal kind of baby waking patterns. And and just as how we don't learn a lot about kind of normal 
anatomy and physiology around birth and what normal birth looks like and um we uh, and we don't learn a lot about what normal baby behavior is what normal feeding behavior is what normal sleeping behavior is and then there's just so much misinformation and you just come out into this sort of bog <laughs> post birth I think and you're just like wading through being like right well that person says I've got to do this strict schedule that person says I've got to do drowsy but awake that but you know and it, it all just gets a bit like you'll just sort of hang on to anything that sounds kind of good too good to be true maybe even yeah you're totally right and I think if you are particularly tired like you say if you're having like sleep deprivation for whatever reason and like you will just like almost latch onto something and I know I think for me I just kind of turned to the people closest to me and whoever gave me the like the quickest answer I was like right we're doing that now that's the new tactic that's the new plan for our sleep um (laughs) but yeah it's it's such a minefield and like you say about getting good information like it's really really hard and because there is so much misinformation out there um And and so how was your sort of postnatal period with your first baby after that sort of birth experience and you're kind of dealing with this you know birth trauma and you're kind of obviously a new parent it's always a bit of a bewildering time but what did that first sort of three months six months look like for you so it was it was a bit of a whirlwind to be honest I think I got home from the hospital like I said I'd basically been spat out the other end with a baby and like not really knowing what the hell had just happened and got home and was so tired because it would be quite a long process Um, And I think starting on that sleep deprivation with a sense of what is going on and why have I failed um, didn't really set me off on the right foot. And I think that spiraled me into a little bit of, um, I would say, kind of a a mild form of postnatal anxiety, Mm. um, wherein I felt like I had to be present 100% of the time. Like I couldn't not be with my baby. I had to be constantly the person that was controlling back to the back to the word control um, controlling when he fed how much he fed what he wore like this sounds crazy to me now looking back like I had to control like what socks he had on and you know like what he was wearing for sleep and how hot the room was and like all of these things I was so desperately trying to control just to cling on to a little sense of like I do know what I'm doing. I can yeah. be a good parent. Um, and um, did you think you would have, like, did that surprise you? Did you think you'd have been that kind of parent or or did you think you were going to kind of go with the flow? Yeah, or did you I, know that about yourself that maybe, I don't know? I think I've definitely got, um, so I'm from like originally in my previous career, I was, I'm a designer and a little bit of a sense of project management and organisation is always present in my life. I like things to be quite orderly, but I think the extreme level of what happened when I was given this baby, you know, I think I did have a tendency for that in my personality, but Mm. it was just another level. And I think um, that made it then put pressure on my partner, obviously to kind of cope with me and my crazy needs, Mm. um, as well as like trying to look after a baby and adjust to everything. So yeah, it was quite a, it was a tricky time. And actually looking back, I definitely found it much harder than having my second baby. Mm. Yeah, so let's... (laughs) No, it doesn't. Let's talk about that then. So then, so what's the age gap? Is it two, three years? Yes, two two years and two months. Yes. Um, And so how did you feel about having a second, first of all? 
So I was very, very excited about having a second baby. I felt like this was like my do over. Like mm. this was the chance I got to like do things the way that I wanted to do it and not the way that doctors or midwives or other people decided that it would happen. Um, and, and that goes for everything, my birth, pregnancy and everything. And by this point, you're, you've trained with Catherine Graves, right? So you're a, a birth coach and hypno, hypnobirthing teacher already. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Amazing. So I've got this knowledge now. Like I'm ready. I'm yeah. like, on. I am, I'm going to boss this pregnancy. I'm going to be amazing at birth. Like this is going to be great. I've got this. Um, and honestly, I feel like that actually kind of was what happened. Like I didn't obviously like when I was pregnant and I had like wobbles and moments of like, Oh my God, like actually maybe I can't do this. Or like, mm. because I'd planned to have a home birth. Um, yeah. And because I'd have a, had a previous cesarean, um, there was question about whether that's safe and I actually personally read all the risks and looked at all the evidence and which is what we talk a lot about in hypnobirthing um and for me the risk was so minimal that I felt like the the positives by far outweighed Mm. any risks um in that situation Um, and I think again that was a sense of me like making my own decision and standing up and being like this is how I'm gonna take control of my birth and make sure that it feels positive and it feels right for me so yeah that was a really positive step um and did you have any support like um therapy or anything to sort of deal with some of that kind of mild postnatal anxiety as you described it or the birth trauma or was sort of training and doing the course your way working through that that trauma yeah, I think um, I'm very, very lucky that my partner, he is a very good listener. And he puts up with a lot of my questions and queries around um, birth and that that talking mm. and being able to be open with him made a huge, huge difference. And it sounds like really, really simple, but just asking him questions like, do you think that I should have done this instead of this during my first birth? Or do you think that if I hadn't agreed to doing that, then this wouldn't have happened? Little questions like that, just getting that out there and him reassuring me that actually, you know, everything was right. I did the best that I possibly could in the situation. That really helped heal me as well as, um, I also did a bit of a birth debrief with a midwife, um, which actually just kind of took me back through my hospital notes and my birth notes. And that actually was really, really um, healing as well for me because I got to see like when things happened and what decisions got made and more because it was such a blur and I didn't really have any choices or control, like having the information that times of things happened and what, what actually did happen to me was really really great to know because that meant I could kind of just compartmentalize that in my brain and like process it because I think before I had that information I couldn't really process it because I didn't really know what had happened um but yeah so that basically talking about it and doing a bit of a birth debrief with midwife and then learning about what actually does happen during birth and what can happen um yeah that was basically my way of recovering from from that um, trauma I love that. I think that could be so helpful if you're if someone's listening to this right now and they are unsure about whether or not they want to have a second baby or because they're feeling maybe yeah because maybe they haven't quite processed their first pregnancy and birth and so just to know that just to hear how you went how you moved through that we yeah is really inspiring I think. Um, and so tell me about this, the second birth of your little girl. Super positive. It was amazing. Um, 
basically I again had a really healthy pregnancy I knew I wanted to wait as long as possible I wanted to go into labor naturally and um, so I didn't book an induction I just went with it um and yeah I went into labor at 41 plus two days um spontaneously which was perfect I got to have my home birth obviously there's more to this story but yeah <laughs> my home birth um my midwives were part of my continuity of care team so that's basically a community midwife team that was attached to my hospital that I had seen for every appointment and they came to my birth so I knew my midwife that was at my birth which was I can't tell you how valuable that is like that makes such a difference so if anybody has an option to do that through their hospital trust then definitely um look into that because that was a game changer um but yeah it was beautiful like I had all my candles on my lovely music playlist like I was in my birth pool at home my mum was looking after my toddler like everything was great um and yeah I just kind of made my way through labor um it was you know intense at times and I had a few wobbles and but my birth partner got me back on track and that was brilliant um but yeah, and he knew how to kind of advocate for me. Like we both were very, very clear on what we wanted. My midwife had a really good plan of what we wanted to happen. Um, and then it got to kind of maybe 12 to 20 hours in and things just were looking like it was, weren't really progressing um, and labor had kind of stalled. And we tried a lot of different positions and different tips and tricks um, that we could to get baby moving again. But in the end we decided well I decided personally that I actually rather than having any other medical interventions and going into the hospital for an induction or anything like that I didn't want any drugs I just wanted to have go straight and have um a planned cesarean or kind of an unplanned but also planned yeah and um, so I decided that that was a choice I wanted to take um rather than having a lot of medical interventions just to go and have my second cesarean birth and for me making that decision was just incredible I was so empowered it was it was really really brilliant so yeah I love that I love that yeah how different that story is how I also love that it wasn't didn't go how you had like hoped it would or how we might think of a a kind of classic hypnobirthing birth would go you know which is you know uh I think I've got an image of what I think it should be but that you made that informed decision and you were happy with it and you felt good about it and that you had a really positive birth experience yeah I I literally couldn't I've done anything else to make it more positive obviously like plan a having a lovely vaginal birth at home would have been great but obviously that wasn't on the card to me for reasons but knowing that I had made that choice was yeah it was so powerful and I think I felt so great about it. So yeah, it was really, really good, really positive. And so how has motherhood been the second time round? Um, so I, this, I feel like this sounds a little bit crazy, but when I had my second baby, um, we'd already decided that my partner was going to have um, quite a long paternity leave initially to help me because I struggled so much last time. And actually having him there meant that it was just amazing. I found it so fun loved it it was brilliant like obviously mm. there were struggles and there yeah. was a lot of sleep deprivation and a lot of time to recover and all these like things that everyone will experience but generally yeah it was really positive in comparison to my first experience and I think having that positive birth that I was in control of and mm. um, really helped with that as well um I literally didn't have any 
I, don't, I only ever look back on my birth with positive thoughts. I never question what happened. I never really think too much about it, which I think, yeah, was a game changer for me. So it's been brilliant. Oh, I'm so happy um, for you. Yeah, thank you. And I think I've, a lot of my friends um, will say, oh, having two babies is so difficult, isn't it? And yes, I'm not going to lie, having two babies is a massive juggle. But I found this experience of having two children was easier initially mm than having my first I found that experience was so 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 difficult um, on many levels but yeah wow so, so how old was your daughter when you launched the wonderhood then um I actually launched it just before she was born okay yeah so like final maternity leave yeah, yeah. project <laughs> that's amazing I'm really impressed <laughs> yeah and then I've basically just been maternity leave slash CEO yeah. <laughs> yeah and so you launched the course um at the end of 2021 and could you like I, yeah I'm, obviously I'm a part of that course so I kind of know a bit about it but for the listeners <laughs> could you tell us about like what makes this you know birth course different so basically I wanted to create a course that left people feeling really good about their birth like we've just talked about failure and I think mm-hmm. me there's a lot of kind of positive birth teachers, teachings out there. And I think a lot of it doesn't really leave room for doing something that's kind of slightly off plan. Um, mm. And I think that kind of adds to that sense of failure sometimes, unfortunately, that you feel like, oh my God, I can't, I failed at hip and birthing. I failed at birth prep. Like I didn't have this really lovely, like quick labor that everyone's promising. Um And I think I really wanted to make sure that when people have done my course, that they've got all this great information, they know about what their body's doing, they know about how to recover, because they talk a lot about that, like the recovery. um, And then obviously really great information from you about sleep and from Olivia um, with her feeding. And I think I just wanted people to know all this really great information that doesn't leave them with this sense of failure, just in case their birth doesn't go to plan A, they still are empowered and have the information to make great decisions along the way and feel like they've really done incredibly well, regardless of what happens. Yeah, I think that's so important because I remember, um, so uh, I I mean, yeah, I would have such a different experience now. And I, you know, I do wish I could go back to like that, that, that pregnant version of me and just tell her everything you've just said basically um but uh it was decided that I would be induced um and it was so it was such a strange experience Sam because it's like one of the biggest like decisions you can make um and it just sort of happened to me like at no point did I feel like I was being consulted I I felt like a kind of schoolgirl again it was really weird um and uh yes because I was having various sort of things weren't going great with the pregnancy um and I was supposedly under like consultant care but I never met this consultant or know even know their name or whoever made this decision but this um uh, like a junior doctor ended up coming around and just talking to me and I was on the um maternal assessment unit having a, a check and that's when uh they they thought I might have preeclampsia um and I didn't but anyway uh she just said yeah I've just spoken to the consultant so like we've decided we're going to induce you on Tuesday and I was like okay right okay (laughs) cool um and it was quite exciting in a way because I was like well brilliant I get to know when I'm giving birth and and but then I panicked because I'd done a hypnobirthing course 
and then like on the way home I was suddenly like oh well now I can't I can't do a hit I, I can't I can't be induced and do hypnobirthing you know like oh what do I do now like and I can't I can't be in the water because of all the com- like you know I'd had this sort of I'd had this low um low risk pregnancy up until I was about 36 weeks so I'd been planning um to give birth somewhere else and then suddenly it became this very medicalized situation and I instantly I, th- I think for me my sense of failure actually started there thinking well now I can't even do the birth that I've that I've prepped for and I had this such a specific birth in my head so a second that it was changing I just thought oh, I can't do that and that, so that's why I like your course you know is that I wish I'd done that when I was pregnant and actually had conversations with people and asked questions and um and known what my next steps would have been um so yeah yeah I think like the fact that you say that you're um you were told that you were having your induction booked in like it wasn't a question like would you like this like this is an option it was like this is happening to you yeah you instantly and this happens to so many people like you we as society we just like look to people who are in positions of power like whoever that may be you've got a a badge or a name badge or a high-vis jacket we'll be like oh yeah we'll do exactly what you say like that's just how we're kind of wired Um, but when you get into a hospital situation and there is a doctor a medical professional we look up to them and think oh my goodness okay of course we'll do exactly what you say like you know best but the problem is I suppose they don't always know your specific situation Mm. and for you that might not be the best thing for you personally so I think it's yeah it's really important that we know that everything is always an option like there's always an option like it's not black as black and white um but yeah I think that sounds like a really tricky really tricky scenario for you um yeah yeah well done (laughs) well we live and learn don't we and you know I I'm quite, I'm quite grateful for all these experiences actually because I, I they've led me to where I am now so you know and and um just like you know your experience like you've turned it into your career and you've built this amazing business and um, um uh, you get to give new parents or second time parents third time round parents tenth time round parents you know <laughs> the information um that they that that can genuinely empower them yeah, I think that's really, really by far the best part of this job. And I'm sure probably the same for you, like getting to help people that are potentially in situations where you've been in that situation yourself and you know how hard it can be, but you can you can help them and help give them really good information to kind of help themselves get into a better place. So yeah, I think it's so rewarding. Oh, amazing. So Sam, where can people find out more about uh, the wonderhood and the course you've created so I have a website thewonderhood.co.uk so go there if you've got any queries or information you need to know about hypnobirthing there's loads of information on there also links to download the course so it's a digital course so you just sign up it's really simple it's 59 pounds um, and you get I think it's like seven hours of incredible content from me all around birth and your postnatal period from Hannah all about amazing sleep and how to kind of deal with all of your newborn like I suppose the first few weeks of sleep and honestly I watched this back not having a newborn but I was almost in tears it's so good so you should definitely get it um and Olivia as well all of her incredible feeding knowledge like she is just a fountain of knowledge so yeah it's absolutely brilliant 
like really really great stuff for the price um but yeah so also you can follow me on instagram as well at the wonderhood underscore annoying underscore but it's there um and i just give away loads and loads of free information on my instagram so yeah so hypnobirthing is not like hippie and woo woo like it sounds it's basically learning about birth it's basically like kind of I suppose a platform to give you tools and information about birth what's happening to your body and really really great evidence-based science-based research and facts and figures um along with tools and techniques so you'll get breathing techniques um physical exercises that you can do to prepare your body and prepare your mind ready for birth so in a very long-winded answer that is hypnobirthing (laughs) and you mentioned that you don't like the term hypnobirthing why is that I think the minute someone hears the word hypnobirthing they think oh my goodness either like hypnotizing someone's gonna hypnotize me I don't want to be hypnotized I can tell you now it is not about being hypnotized um I'm not going to hypnotize anybody it's literally just um relaxing I'm basically teaching you how to relax it's that simple um and yeah I think if people are just really skeptical of that word mm. I feel like I don't know what a better phrase would be I don't know yeah you need you need to come put that on your to-do list you need to sort that out rebrand hypnobirthing worldwide well I am from a branding background in my previous life yeah you could do it I'm I'm taking that challenge on I remember in my like final midwife appointment with a community midwife and I uh the one way you're supposed to talk through your kind of birth plan yeah and um I said that I just done a hypnobirthing class and she just rolled her eyes and went oh you're gonna breathe your baby out are you and like went like huh. and I was just like oh that's, thanks and I remember that being like oh and yeah do you ever encounter that sort of attitude 100% yes and I'm here to tell you I'm not going to tell anybody to breathe their baby out obviously breathing is really important like day to day like everyone needs to breathe right and in birth you really need to breathe and a lot of people sometimes forget like to breathe properly and like I think that's a really important tool but there is far more to it than just breathing like you're not going to just breathe your baby out like there's there's a lot of other things that you need to think about and do and yeah so I, I feel like there's a lot of kind of hate out there for yeah but also yeah. a lot of love and a lot of great great experiences and great stories Um, I think people are just skeptical because they might they just haven't um, perhaps like obviously she was a midwife so but so (laughs) I don't know I don't know what her I think she had just a whole other range of issues going on she wasn't um, she she wasn't representative of the other amazing midwives she was like one yeah you always get one um, one bad egg every in every workplace don't you but all the other midwives I saw were amazing and very very supportive and lovely Um, but um I think people like most people are just a bit skeptical of something because it's new and it's yeah like there is this perception that it is just this woo-woo thing um and we just have these really very like rigid ideas I think in our culture of what birth is um and you know it's funny I was talking to someone really close to me the other day about their birth and and she was saying that she her antenatal prep had been so much a 
about not using pain relief you know the person that had sort of taught her about birth was like it's basically like awful and you just have to have a pain-free unmedicated vaginal birth or you failed at birth like that was sort of the takeaway she took from it and so when she started to experience some intense physical sensations shall we say um (laughs) she thought immediately that's for her when she thought well I'm failing because I I should but equally she'd never been taught about breathing about about her mind about she didn't know what was happening to her body you know she just had she just really thought she had to just grit her teeth and get through it and then I think there's this obsession in our culture with like you know I think obviously however you give birth I just think you should be celebrated for it like if you have an unmedicated birth I think that's amazing if you have a a c-section I think that's brilliant like you know it's all birth it's all valid and different experiences deserve celebrating like I think there's this like competitiveness sometimes in how people give birth and um you know I I don't know what do you think I totally agree totally agree with you like I think yeah people need the right information and I think to be told that you know drugs are bad and Mm. you just need to breathe and your baby will pop out like that's not setting people up for for like winning and feeling good about themselves like that's setting people up for failure because you know the likelihood is that you might need some pain relief or you know you know you might need some medication you might need I don't know you might need to go into the hospital rather than being at home like Mm -hmm. these things might happen and I think I feel really strongly about telling people you know like the honest side of birth and like it's not always airy fairy and easy breezy and like yes there are people that can just pop a baby out in an hour and absolutely no drama but there's yeah. you know people who need a bit more time a bit more help like and I think knowing that there is options and things like that is so powerful and um, my courses are all about giving you basically a toolkit giving you like these different things that you can use when you choose to use them so there's rest positions there's active moving positions there's positions to help your baby if your baby gets a little bit stuck or your labor stalls there's like breathing techniques like mm. things that you can listen to loads of different things that you can do as and when you choose so it's about like having this toolkit essentially not being told like right do this this and this new baby will come out like yeah I think it's about having all of the tools and all the knowledge and combined together with practice like when you practice them then you should be kind of set to give birth in the way that you choose to give birth and make your own decisions and have knowledge and empowered and be an advocate for yourself basically is what we want Thank you, Sam. Oh, I thank you, Sam. Oh, I love how she is so straight talking and no nonsense when it comes to birth and the postnatal period. And yet at the same time, she is so compassionate and understanding about what mums, dads and partners go through during this period of their lives. Um, I've linked to Sam's course in the show notes. And since we recorded this interview, um, the, uh, the amazing lactation consultant and midwife Olivia Hinge who has contributed already to Sam's hypnobirthing and birth prep course. She now has also launched a second feeding course that is sort of separate on the Wonderhood as well so I just couldn't reckon, recommend both of those courses um, more. If you're pregnant now or you know someone who's expecting definitely worth having a look at them. 
um and it's um obviously you know i'm i'm involved so i'm slightly biased but i really do think having watched all the content i think they're really brilliant um and there's a lot of nonsense out there about birth about parenthood about feeding and these are two women who really really know their stuff so i just wish it was in existence for when i when i was preparing for parenthood myself but there we go um but i really love talking to sam um today I loved that point that she made about losing control during her birth and that it her birth with her firstborn with her son and that it wasn't about what happened to her but rather how she felt about it and how out of control she felt over what happened to her and I think this this is why having knowledge about birth and your body is just so important because it really isn't what happens to you. It really is about all about how you feel about it and how you can process it and, and move forward. And, you know, birth isn't something I've talked a whole lot about in this podcast so far. And I think that is because for me, I was holding on to some kind of weird feelings about my own birth for quite a long time and although birth and trauma has come up in previous conversations it's only now that I'm a couple of years postpartum that I really feel kind of comfortable enough to have that conversation about my own experience or dig into the sort of subject matter as a whole because I really did have this sense of failure and um, maybe even shame too, um, you know, that I didn't have the kind of birth experience that I thought I should. And I think it comes back to this myth of the perfect mum and the earth mother, you know, that if you find something like, whether that's sleep or feeding or birth, if that is tricky for you to figure out at first or you're kind of struggling with some area of parenthood, then then you're not a natural, that you have to love all the different parts of motherhood or fatherhood in order to be a good mother or father. And of course, that's just not true. My whole philosophy around sleep is centred around the fact that you can very much love your baby wildly accept and you can accept that they that what they are doing is entirely normal that the way they sleep is completely age appropriate and biologically normal you can know that it will pass and yet you can still at the same time feel very much fucked off that it's happening <laughs> and I will defend your rights to know it's normal and still complain to the end that is a hill I am prepared to die on because you don't have to love every second you don't have to have the perfect birth you don't have to have a baby who sleeps and feeds and hits their milestones effortlessly in order to be a good parent but you do have to feel good about yourself you do have to feel good enough and letting go of these myths for me has been such a huge part of that process so I really hope that in listening to Sam's kind of approach to birth which is that you know if you empower yourself with good knowledge if you learn about your body if you think about what your boundaries are what your wishes are if you learn how to advocate for yourself and use that knowledge 
then no matter what happens, you're going to feel empowered and have a sense of control because you're making informed decisions. And I think that is so important. Um, It's not what happens to you, it's how you feel about it. And information is is where that begins. So I love that she is a hypnobirthing teacher who is not telling you how to have what some people might consider the perfect birth. I love that she's preparing people for positive, empowering experiences, but that anything can happen. That is just so important to me because I do think that there are some people in the birth world that just want to tell everyone it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine. And then if it isn't fine or if it doesn't match what you had in your head, then that can really lead to this, yeah, this sense of failure or uh or trauma so anyway that's that's my final thought on all of this stuff um thank you as ever for listening and to everyone who has been subscribing and reviewing um and rating the podcast i am really really grateful thank you thank you thank you thank you and i'll see you next week